Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 27 of Robots on Typewriters. Yeah, so what we do here on this podcast is... Man, I really should just have asked you for your amazing explanation last week that you wrote up for the episode with Janelle Shane, because it was phenomenal. I already phenomenal. threw away the piece of paper on Are which you I wrote serious? It. Well, I guess uh, yeah, we have audio course. record of it, because that might be something we want to say all the time, but not this time. Um, this time, I'm going to say, we are Robots on Typewriters. We're a podcast where we talk about all kinds of creative and entertaining stuff that people make with the assistance of AI or computers and sometimes stuff that people set AI and computers just to make on their own. And then we try to do some of that ourselves. And we do that in two segments, first being our zesty hat, where we talk about something interesting or cool that we have learned about and whatnot. And then our trashy toy, where we play aforementioned game of our own creation. So... This week, the zesty hat, I'm going to toss it back over to you after, um, I don't know how you can follow up my zesty hat from last week. It was a whole living person. I can't possibly follow up last week's zesty hat, so I'll just put the hat on myself and be the hat. Oh, wow. A different whole living person <laughs> named me. <laughs> yeah, so it occurred to me uh, just a few hours ago that if we have you know, AI kind of techie research kind of people on this podcast as interview subjects or just, you know, talking about stuff kind of people. Why not have me? Because I'm one of them people. Yeah. So I figured I would give kind of an overview of what I do when I'm not podcasting as uh, a zesty (laughs) hat here and highlight some of the cool work that I'm exposed to here in Dublin. So Hi, everyone. I'm Justin Edwards. Hi, Justin You might Edwards. know me from the podcast Robots on Typewriters. Uh, I'm a PhD student right now at University College Dublin, and I'm working in the School of Information and Communication Sciences. The topic of my PhD is, it's still pretty broad. I only just started uh, a couple of months ago, so it's, it's going to evolve over time. But the general topic of it is uh, voice user interfaces, so things like Siri and Alexa and interruptions with voice user interfaces. So that might be you interrupting the device, that might be you being interrupted while using the device, or what I most hope to kind of cover over my four years here is the device interrupting you. What happens Mm. when the voice user interface, when the agent interrupts the user, and how can that be done? Can you give an example of that happening? Because I feel like I've never experienced that myself. Yeah, you haven't because uh, no one's really, (laughs) yeah, none of the systems that are kind of out there do that yet, but it's kind of a big focus right now of moving away from people just using these as tools, I suppose, where it's like like a hammer doesn't do anything until I interact with a hammer, until I do something with it. But if we're calling these devices, they get called a lot of things and not all of them polite. But they, one thing that people refer to Alexa and Siri and all those is as conversational agents. But if we're to assume that they're actually conversational and they actually have agency, uh, they're not like a hammer. It's not the sort of thing that should only interact with the user when the user does something. So uh, I think the goal for long-term use for some of these systems is to figure out times 
when the device can actually interact with you first. Um, it's done a tiny bit in the world of chatbots. Uh, if you're mm. familiar with Microsoft's Zoe or Zhao Ice, as she's called in China, uh, Zoe, if you talk to her for a while on Messenger or WhatsApp, uh, if you don't talk to her for a couple of days after talking to her, she'll message you first and say, you know, what you've been up to or how was your day or have you seen this cool story <laughs> or something. Um, whether or not we want Alexa to be doing that, I'm skeptical of. I don't know if we yeah. necessarily want just a, an agent with a voice to just, you know, ask us how our day was while we're making dinner. But I think there are some uh, use cases that might be useful for that eventually. Like if, you know, if you're a doctor setting a blood pressure pump and the, the pump itself is like, uh, hey, you just put an extra zero at the end there. Are you sure you want to, you know... Ten, you sure you want to multiply this patient's blood pressure by 10 times? <laughs> you sure you want to kill this man right here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you sure you want me to be an accomplice in this crime? <laughs> or another kind of use case might be while driving that, you know, it's not not just that your your GPS would say, turn left in half a mile, but it might, while you're trying to negotiate, like switching the song on the radio, it might stop that interaction and be like, uh, one, one mm. second. You might want to turn left right now. Mm, so, and they don't always okay. have to be passive aggressive like they are when I do these little impressions. <laughs> I mean, so, I like it. Yeah, so that specifically that healthcare use case uh, is something that's interesting to me because the group that's funding me is a research group here in Dublin called the Adapt Center, and they're kind of based all over Dublin. They have contributors at uh, Trinity at. Dublin City University at UCD where I go and some contributors that are just kind of in that work in Dublin that are in industry and what the Adapt Center is working on right now is a a, a chatbot a personal intelligent companion called Adele <laughs> Adele's pretty cool right now she's kind of in her infancy uh, she doesn't talk yet she's a text only chatbot <laughs> But she's, uh, she was trained on like tons and tons of just general conversational transcripts. And you can have just text conversations with her kind of about general chatty kind of topics. She's completely uh, stochastically trained. Like she's completely based on neural nets. It's not like mm -hmm. there's, you know, canned phrases that she'll say like with, uh, with Siri or with Alexa. It's more like talking to a neural net all the time where everything that's coming out is like fresh baked on the spot. She was recently actually entered into a, a big challenge called Conv AI. Uh, Conv AI was the conversational intelligence challenge where a bunch of chatbots like this were first tested uh, over just on computers to see the kind of stats that underlie their systems. But then their final test was uh, chat volunteers, so actual humans talked to these for a while and uh, evaluated their interactions with each system. Mm. And Adele came in second among a field of 23. Wow. Yeah, there was 23 chatbots and Adele got second place. We were all very proud wow, of her. Wow, congratulations, Adele. And you guys, I guess. I mean, I did nothing to help, so congratulations <laughs> to the other people at Adapt for making that happen. <laughs> 
But yeah, the idea is one day uh, my research on speech and multitasking and interrupting rather uh, will kind of mesh with what Adele's doing. So eventually, possibly, Adele will be that chatbot that can talk and then in a care context can interrupt you or uh, take the floor first. Okay. You said, I mean, maybe you might have kind of answered my question by saying how great she seems to be, but, like, her being totally neural net based, does she ever say some, like, totally whack shit? Like, does she, does she always, like, <laughs> like, is she always pretty much on the money? Like, she never says, like, a fake word that she thinks is real based on what she knows. I mean, I guess she's probably been trained extremely she's, well. So. She's very good at words. Um, okay. She... I don't have a, an Adele transcript on hand. I should have looked for one ahead of time because I should have known that question was coming. Uh, <laughs> no, she doesn't make up words. She's really good at okay. that. But she sometimes her sentences might be a little confusing okay, in how, they, yeah. how they're phrased or kind of more likely if you ask her something specific or tell her something specific, she might not always give you a totally specific response. Okay. She'll try to say something general that like will keep the conversation going, even if it won't kind of blow you away with like, oh, that was insightful. All right, I see. But yeah, the uh, the goal of her eventually isn't this general chat stuff so much as it is to be used in like a care context. Um, I think the idea is like uh, an older person or a person who needs kind of constant medical care would have a, an instance of Adele that mm. kind of just lives with them and asks them, you know, have you taken your medicine? Have you exercised today? How have you been feeling? That sort of thing. But then it can also do the chatty thing to like keep uh, keep someone company as well. Okay. So that would be kind of like, I, I was going to ask about your like uh, skeptic, I don't, I don't know what word I'm trying to say there about like Alexa while you're making dinner saying, how was your day? Like what, what's yeah. going on? I mean, that sounds kind of like what that would be, but for for a more specific pur purpose, like not just like, you know, you're a, <laughs> like a mom with three kids who are also talking to you. And then Alexa is also trying to be like, how's your day, honey? Like, I understand. Yeah, exactly. Like, so that's that's interesting. Like, um, I feel like that's the kind of like what's the intended or predicted like time frame on that? Because I can ima I can't imagine a single old person I know being like, yeah, I do want a robot checking up on me right now. Like, I feel like that yeah, would be so, a hard audience to crack right now. So there's kind of different, uh, different kind of uh, deliverables, I guess, to sound okay. really corporate and gross. That like, <laughs> there's different times, like there's different versions of Adele that would be interesting to different people, I guess. Like, okay, I think um, the the Adele for like, in-home care use is like pretty distant like we haven't even started training it in like care context yet so i think that would be more like uh five years from now or beyond but i think okay. a version of adele that's useful for universities um specifically one that we can pass around the adapt center and kind of have each other do experiments on is pretty close just one okay. that like if i wanted to you know, see how people react to um, talking to a robot when it has, you know, a, a Boston accent versus a Chicago mm. accent or something. 
Um, okay, yeah. This would be, if I had like the accenting tools, this would be the sort of thing I could just, I already have a robot that can talk, you know? Right. Like the, I think the, the skeleton of Adele that's there now is useful for some people. And then as it kind of gains more abilities, it becomes useful for different kinds of people or different kind of use cases. But yeah, that in-home care use is pretty far off. And much to kind of my skepticism, the a lot of those like Conv AI challenges and like the Alexa prize, they have a similar thing, is just make a chat bot that can just keep chatting to you, be, <laughs> be cool, hang out with you, which be like- cool for once. I know. I think companies that are like Amazon and then the big like tech funders- think that that use case is more realistic like they think that Mm. people will end up wanting to chat with these things if they're really good at chatting sure um where me me an intellectual i was about to literally say (laughs) me an academic but then i realized i was just making the meme but yeah amazon uh uh, an idiot says people want to talk to alexa me an intellectual says that use case is probably like not real, but since they keep on funding <laughs> right. that use case, like we keep on building to it. So. Yeah. Based on your um, descriptions of Adele at this point, what what's the, the image of her that has come to be in my mind is a baby skeleton because you've described her as... <laughs> she is in her infancy and she is a skeleton, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she's just very, like, eager to help. She sounds like the kind of friend I want to have, so... Yeah, it's kind of weird that you see her as this baby skeleton, and then I was saying our top <laughs> rival, so Adele came in second at the Convey Eye Challenge. First place was an American uh, chatbot called Hugging Face. Hmm. Okay, so, is that I, what's the reason for that name? Do you know? I don't know. They use the hug emoji. Okay. What I think it might just emoji? be called like I think its official name is the hug emoji, and then they call it hugging face to like give it a a name. Interesting. Oh my god, I'm looking at some of these other names here. I'll read some of the highlights. <laughs> okay. uh, third place, Happy Minions. Oh, Sixth no. place, Lost in Conversation. Pretty decent. Okay. Seventh cute. place, Little Baby AI. Oh, bad. <laughs> yeah. It then has some Chinese characters, so uh, maybe that just Have works you considered better. renaming Adele Little Baby Skeleton? Yeah. Uh, we're going to actually name it with a tune attached to it, Little Baby Skeleton. <laughs> some other in here include Salty Fish. Oh, cute. Okay. Sonic. All right. <laughs> Roboy. All right. Uh, su- did I say sweet fish? I thought you said salty fish. Oh, well, sweet fish and salty fish are both right. in here. <laughs> yeah. So those are sweet, some of the chatbots to keep an eye on out in the world. <laughs> keep an eye on them. You never know what they're up to. Keep a very close eye on them. <laughs> well, that is awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about your baby skeleton daughter? Nice. Nah, I mean, she's okay. she's grown up fast. Yeah, so that's that's Adele. I'll be presenting about Adele um, in Scotland next month. So should be fun. Well, that's awesome. Um, I'm very glad that you took this opportunity to like make it clear that you're qualified to be doing this podcast. I'm glad you took this opportunity I'm... to make it about yourself for once. 
<laughs> I'm I'm glad because like it's no secret that like I have literally no idea what I'm talking about most of the time and like Justin's Justin's is the <laughs> brains behind this operation <laughs> and I'm the I don't know what I am but um let it be known we have a weekly meeting about Adele and like about kind of future directions for Adele and like what's going on and uh me and the other people who do this this sort of research that I do, we just kind of sit there staring at each other and like don't know what people are talking about when they talk about like, uh, but this layer of the neural net is stochastic. And if we make it rule based, it'll, I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just saying words that I've heard. So yeah, no, I don't know any of the computer science behind it. Like the stuff that would actually be relevant for this podcast. I just know how to talk to a robot, which is fun for this podcast, but <laughs> I'm no more an expert than you. Well, you are, in fact, learning a lot more than I am, and, and, it, and it is great that you have that foundation and are sometimes, sometimes able to give a little bit more perspective than, than I can on, uh, on the stuff that we talk about week in and week out. But yeah, so thank you for sharing, like, what you're working on, because honestly, that, like, I didn't even know a lot of that stuff, at, like, in specifics that, that you've been working on, so that was really cool to hear about, and it definitely, yeah, I think gives gives us a little teeny tiny bit more credibility than we had, um, because that's really what people are looking for from us, good, hard, solid credibility. Um, yeah, people always email the podcast asking, like, uh, how many papers are you currently an author on? <laughs> Yeah, if you'd like to email us and ask how many papers we've been authors on, you can send those right Between over to- Between the two to, of uh... us, one, and it was in an undergraduate journal. <laughs> yeah, you can you can send those over to- um... You can just send them right into your trash folder. Yeah, I was going to try to- I was I didn't have a good, like, send them to, I don't know, Mario Gambino at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's his Gmail address, so it's probably not. Um um but yeah thanks you can you can leave the zesty hat on for the whole episode if you want just because it's a special nice uh, i'm just gonna marinate in its zest yeah gross um but (laughs) gross give me back the hat (laughs) yeah yeah, i'll I'll take it back um you ruined your hat privileges (laughs) um but yeah so that being said yeah you you're over there in dublin right justin Yes, I can confirm. You don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there, do you? Or maybe you do, but they don't, correct? Correct. Yeah, these these Thanksgivingless heathens here in Dublin. Do you have any Thanksgiving plans? My mother's been asking. She's very worried that you're not going to do anything for Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed. Uh, there's a, another PhD student from America on my department, and she's been here a few years, and she has a bunch of American friends oh, in the archaeology nice. department. And they oh. do a, a Thanksgiving. So That's I've nice. been invited to the American archaeology Thanksgiving. That's good. I was like a little bit hoping you were going to say that you weren't doing anything so that my uh, my trashy toy would have a little bit more impact. But I was going to I was going to throw you a neural net generated Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> right now, Yay. right here, right Net's now. Netsgiving. <laughs> Netsgiving. What we were going to do here, well, I mean, we're still going to do this. I haven't, my plan hasn't been thwarted by the fact that you do, in fact, have Thanksgiving plans. <laughs> um, but um, I I uh, fed uh, TextGenRNN a uh, 
a decently lengthy list of um, names of Thanksgiving recipes. Ooh. How, how big, lengthy is decently lengthy? Um, like, I wish it was more lengthy, but I couldn't find, like, a good solid just, like, list of a bunch of things I could, like, copy and paste into a text file or anything. So I had to, like, manually copy and paste each one. I think there was about 250 of them. Ah, that's um, more than I was expecting. Well, that's good. Um, I, yeah, so I, I fed this, I fed my list to TextGenRNN and picked out some of the, some of the best results from all different kinds of temperatures. And um, what I've done is I've matched them up in pairs of two, and you are going to tell me which one you would rather have at Thanksgiving. And then we're nice. going to talk through maybe what the recipe for that, for this dish might be. Does that sound good Great. and tasty? So I have a couple and, of comments before we do. All right. uh, first of all, f- just feeding a neural net every Thanksgiving dish imaginable is like giving a neural net a very good idea of Thanksgiving, where it's just like nonstop feeding. Uh, <laughs> second of all, the idea of uh, getting a variety of temperatures also on brand for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like you've yeah. got your hot turkey, but you've also got your coleslaw. You've got and your pumpkin pie. Cranberry sauce. Yeah. You say your Pillsbury dough? <laughs> your cold cranberry sauce. Yeah, your 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 raw Pillsbury crescent rolls straight out of the fridge. <laughs> it's it's a Virginia thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a southern thing. Um so so are you ready? Are you hungry? I'm not. <laughs> I am starving. Like right after yeah. we finish this, I'm going to eat actual human dinner. I don't know if this is going to help or or not, but um, so the first first pair I've just called they're just they're just classic sides in in a way just classic sides. So these two things are classic Carter spinach or roasted carrot cider sky. Classic Carter spinach versus roasted carrot something sky. Cider. Roasted, roasted carrot cider sky. Um. So classic Carter spinach is reminding me of like, for some reason, what came to mind was Hasselbeck potatoes, where there's just like a random like name attached to like <laughs> a, a vegetable. And we just all accept okay. like, oh, yeah, this method of preparation is just named after this person. And I, okay. I generally like spinach. Um, bad spinach repulses me to no end, but okay to good spinach. I like a lot. Yeah, um, on the other side, roasted carrot. Okay, I understand what that is. Cider. I would try uh-huh. that roasted carrot cider. Sky. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. <laughs> what do you th- <laughs> What do you think's going on? As if I have a right answer. <laughs> um. So my idea of what roasted carrot cider sky is is that it's like it's present like the presentation style is sky. Yeah. <laughs> which- okay. You're, I don't know why my brain is the way it is, but to me, <laughs> if you serve cider sky, it means you're serving it like in what is essentially a fish tank and guests have to like <laughs> put their head underneath the glass and like there's a, a spout or something at the top, like from underneath. All right. <laughs> so like you have to like look up at like the cider above your head as if it is the sky. Okay, okay, so that sounds not very accessible. Like, that sounds like something only the privileged few could really afford to have at their Thanksgiving, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, it's like it's like if you're if you have some money, your 16th birthday party has a chocolate fountain. If you have a lot of money, you have roasted <laughs> carrot cider sky. <laughs> yeah. So so I I feel like I can tell which one you're leaning towards. Yeah, I'm I'm a common man here. I just just give me some some good old classic Carter spinach. All right. So then let's talk about what is Carter spinach and also who is Carter. Well, I'm thinking is it's it Jay-Z. Is it Jimmy? Oh, okay. I th- that that was what I thought that you were either going to say that Carter or Jimmy Carter. I didn't know if this was maybe like an old presidential family mm. recipe, but Jimmy Carter spinach would be good. That'd be like chopped spinach and peanuts, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. No, no, no. Carter spinach is just what Jay-Z okay. calls money. <laughs> so this is also a very much a wealthy man's Thanksgiving dish. Okay. Well, you can do it with $1 bills. Oh, okay. So, and, and you do what? <laughs> do what with $1 bills? You know, like a, <laughs> you know, like a green goddess salad. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Just that, but... The greens is dollars, and then a, a nice green dressing in there. Okay, all right. So it's soggy uh, <laughs> green dollars is what Carter spinach is. It's honestly, it's like, it's it's so dickish. Like, it's so rude. <laughs> it's literally it's, eating it's money kind of a because test you to can. See, like how badly you need the money in comparison to Jay Z. Like, are you going <laughs> to? pocket these like soggy dressing coated dollars bring them home wash them and dry them <laughs> are I, you going to reason... literally launder this money i for some reason was also imagining them like shredded <laughs> like, so maybe, yeah. maybe maybe you don't take it that that far but yeah so that's what classic carter spinach is okay this <laughs> Sounds great. Yum, yum. Okay. Uh, the next, ne- we're going to go on to our next pair of options then. And it is just, you got to have those cranberries in there somewhere. So we've got cranberry mind casserole or cranberry salady sweet potatoes. Ooh. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought you said. Cranberry <laughs> mind casserole. Yep. Um, that disturbs me. I'm thinking in the best case, this is like lots of cranberries arranged to look like a brain. Like it's more like a Halloween kind of uh, appetizer than it is a Thanksgiving cranberry salad-y sweet potatoes. So I like a cranberry salad (laughs) where it's like chopped cranberries, maybe like a creamy, like a vanilla yogurt or like a Mm. creamy kind of sauce. Yeah. And like, you know, walnuts, maybe some craisins or something. Double cranberry salad. Cranberry salad-y sweet potatoes makes me think you made a cranberry salad, (laughs) but you didn't include cranberries. You included sweet potatoes instead. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So it's not a cranberry. It's not cranberry salad with sweet potatoes. It's cranberry salad-y sweet potatoes. Okay. I can see that. And are you thinking these, are these sweet potatoes cooked? Yeah, it's like cooked, diced, cold sweet potatoes. Okay. So they're like soft, but they're cold. Yeah, that doesn't sound bad. Um, yeah, I would eat it. I would yeah, straight I up would eat, eat that. <laughs> I would straight up enjoy that. Just watch. Put a plate in front of me right now. Try me. 
Um, okay, yeah, that that does not sound, yeah, doesn't sound bad. Cranberry mind casserole. I'm not picturing anything gross in it or anything. It's just a, it's yeah. literally just cranberry like wedges intricately arranged to right. look like an exposed brain. I just and don't it's want... just one of those things. It's like, why would you want to eat carrots with an almond slice glued on? Like, I mean, you probably don't use glue, but like, <laughs> it's just like, why would you want that? Like, I understand it looks like a finger, but I yeah. don't, I don't want exactly. That. Yeah, it's it's t- thinking about like what's gonna look good too much yeah. and forgetting about what's gonna taste good. Keep yeah. your cranberry mind casserole for Halloween. I'll enjoy my cranberry salady sweet potatoes. Thank you very much. Sounds good to me. Um, I will be keeping my cranberry mind casserole for Halloween, and I will be making it next year. Um, next next group is easy casseroles. New beans with casserole macaroni or casserole cake cake casserole. <laughs> All right. So new beans. <laughs> new beans sounds like someone trying to say cool beans and like... <laughs> new new something and like just messing up their slang things oh, new beans <laughs> new beans new beans new beans to me sounds like a kind of a grouping of beans like oh you've got your old world beans your your yeah. lima bean your, your pinto bean but then you got your new beans your which are black bean um maybe like a i don't know what's like a cool new like a garbanzo bean or like a uh, I don't know. Yeah. What are hip beans? What is like a new bean? Edamame? What do the kids like? Kidney beans? Do the kids like kidney beans? Kids knees days. <laughs> kids knees these days. Um, <laughs> new beans, dude. <laughs> new beans. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So new beans with casserole macaroni is yes. to me like you put a bunch of beans uh, of the new variety, all these new beans, and like you put macaroni but it's like a cold salad so it's like what a bean salad would be Mm, or what a macaroni salad would be where it's like just the beans or the macaroni in uh you might want to do the macaroni salad in mayonnaise no 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 do it in oil and do your Mm. bean salad in oil i see Uh, yeah yeah just have cold beans and macaroni in oil but then make it a casserole by popping the whole thing in the oven sounds fine to me yeah, it would be all right. You you need to think about what's binding these. I don't think just olive oil or something's going to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's for a chef to figure out. Now, on the other side of this, casserole cake, cake casserole. That's <laughs> when you introduce a casserole to a cake. <laughs> uh-huh. Very politely. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's kind of named by someone with my sensibility that like you're going for that joke that it's like an introduction but really all you're doing is just introducing the concept of casserole to cakes to cake Um, yes okay casserole cake cake casserole so the idea of a casserole uh i i kind of picture of a casserole is like you know mom's making dinner for the whole big family lots of people are going to be here uh, y- you don't want to make a whole intricate turkey. You just want to throw a bunch of stuff in an in a pan, put it all in the oven, and then set it and forget it. We'll enjoy each other's company. And then when that oven dings, there will be a, a hot meal ready for us. But it's yeah. kind of just what was thrown together. That's the idea of casserole cake, cake casserole, but for dessert. Okay. It's just throw okay. a bunch of stuff into your pan and hope for the best. Um, you'd probably want to get some like 
prepackaged cake. So you'd get like, you know, maybe you'd get one of them pre-sliced pound cakes. Mm. Or maybe you'd just get like, you know, a birthday cake off the shelf. You throw it into a big pan. You just Mm -hmm. throw whatever else is in there as like your sauce. Like a casserole normally has like a maybe a French onion soup as like the liquid. Instead, it's a dessert casserole. Just make a sundae in the pan. Throw a bunch of ice cream in there. Throw a bunch of syrups and yogurts and puddings, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Are you then putting this ice cream in the oven? Um... Is this not a baked dish? It's just like throw it yeah, all together. No, this is a baked okay. dish. We're we're baking this, is, this up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, before you finish it off, you know, the same way you would put some kind of layer on top of the casserole that can brown like a cheese or like breadcrumbs or something. Uh, I think mm-hmm. on top of this goopy cake pan, you just, you know, crumble some graham crackers or Oreos or something. Okay. Bake the whole right. thing up. This sounds like a recipe that your sister would devise. <laughs> And enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it sounds disgusting. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just like her. really just getting a lot of hot sugar into one pan. Yeah, exactly. Um, and can I tell you what really gets me about this? It reminds me somewhat, especially when you were describing just like throwing pieces of birthday cake in there and stuff. It reminds me of what I hate about the idea of cake pops, like you make cake pops by crumbling up cake in a bowl, throwing some frosting in, and then just like mixing it all up. Usually, like people, like, I didn't you know that how cake cakes. pops are made. But yeah, I don't like no them kidding. Either it's, now. it's disgusting. And like usually, if you see people making them on like tasty videos, people just like crumble it up with their hands, and then they like form them with their hands, and it is god awful. And that that I was just imagining like crumbling up a whole birthday cake in a bowl with your bare hands. <laughs> But I guess you, know you don't what? have to make it that I'm way. modifying this. Take out what I said about <laughs> ice cream, because that was stupid. It, this is a giant cake pop in a giant pan. This is uh, icing. Icing is your soup or your sauce. Okay, yeah. You're crumbling yeah. up an entire cake and putting in like a whole can of icing, and you can make any kind of flavor of casserole cake cake casserole. Uh, okay. That's like, for some reason, like simplifying it to that makes it somehow a little bit more palatable though i don't still don't want it Ugh, yeah now it's like it. a realistic kind of thing a monster would eat instead of just like justin making stuff up that doesn't even make sense <laughs> yeah this is like a realistic thing that chief might actually make sometime now. this is a realistic thing we can't ever tell her we thought of yeah <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah, so predictably enough, I'm just going to go with, like, the pasta salad thing. Just okay, give me the new okay. beans and casserole macaroni, please. Okay, okay. Because I was going to say, I didn't even think of casserole, cake, cake, casserole as being a dessert, and there's not really any... The the net didn't really turn out that many dessert ideas, even though there were a lot of pies in my data set and a lot of different kinds of things. There was just a lot of casseroles. It was just a whole ton of casseroles. So yeah. I, I was I didn't know that that was going to turn into a dessert. But anyway, don't have it. So. Well, if you're looking for like a, a sweet treat in here, you can just have another helping of the old uh, cranberry salady sweet potatoes. That stuff's so sweet anyway, it should be a dessert. True. All right. Well, we are going to we're going to move on to the next course. These aren't really courses because that would be one hell of a meal. But um, those were easy casseroles. As you can see, these are too much casseroles. So first one is mac and cheese, cranberry, sweet potato, sweet potato casserole or mm. old carrots Creamy mashed paleo casserole. Ooh. 
mac and cheese, cranberry, sweet potato, sweet potato casserole. Can I tell you one one of my run throughs with the with the neural net turned out every like the the three like example temperature point two ones were all sweet potato, sweet potato casserole. <laughs> There were a lot of sweet potato, sweet potato casseroles. All right. Yeah. So to me, mac and cheese, cranberry, sweet potato, sweet potato casserole sounds like more the thing you would make the day after Thanksgiving. Mm, um, yeah. A lot of families the day after Thanksgiving might make sandwiches with the leftovers or reserve the dinner as it appeared in its original form. <laughs> Recreate um, it word for word. All conversation must be verbatim the same. <laughs> Yeah, uh, some some families are fucking insane and decide instead, <laughs> let's make it into a casserole. <laughs> so uh, this one's named in such a way that you can kind of remember how much of each thing to put in there. Mm, so I it's see. one part mac and cheese. Just grab, you know, if you're going to make this, just grab a giant spoon, like a, what you might use to like serve like a, a, a baked pasta dish or something. Just grab your biggest serving spoon. Put in a big spoon of mac and cheese, one big spoon of cranberries or cranberry sauce or cranberry salad. All right. Put in two big spoons of sweet potato, thus the <laughs> sweet potato, sweet potato. Okay. So this might be in the form of like mashed sweet potatoes or a sweet potato casserole or just whole uh, baked sweet potatoes, just two spoons of it, and then pop the whole thing in the oven. <laughs> Okay. Sounds sounds manageable. I just the I, I, I don't want cranberries anywhere near mac and cheese, like ever. But okay. Oh what? Fruit and cheese doesn't doesn't do it for you? You Not work like at a winery. That. Not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Deconstructed uh fruit and cheese plate. No, it's like a hyper-constructed fruit and cheese <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, this is re like Frankenstein's reconstructed <laughs> yeah. fruit and cheese plate. Over-constructed fruit and cheese plate. <laughs> yeah, so that's what that is. Um, All right. It's, yeah, I, I'm not going to have any of that, thanks. I'll just have okay. the, the old Thanksgiving sandwich. The other option, this one's interesting. Old carrots, creamy mashed paleo casserole. Uh-huh. So the rules of paleo, as far as I remember, it's like you can have meat, fruit, veg, and nuts, but yeah. no, no like man-made kind of stuff. So no breads, yeah. no like uh, refined sugars, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So old old carrots certainly <laughs> fit uh, a paleo yeah, diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creamy does not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure paleo is like not huge on dairy stuff probably i don't know much yeah i don't know much either <laughs> um so creamy you're gonna have to get that cream in a non-dairy way uh that that scares me a lot maybe the carrot the carrots are so old they are creamy oh no like oh, it's no. referring to a temp a, a, a temperature a texture rather than a, a presence of cream oh no 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 <laughs> so yeah you just wait and wait and wait on these old carrots until How they're long. Like, what's the date? If you ha if you picked these carrots on Thanksgiving, we're talking New Year's Day. Oh no! You can also so that's like it's paleo in the sense that like that's how like the the cavemen did it. They would just wait for their carrots to get like that. You can just right. like steam the hell out of these carrots until they're mushy. 
Um, you don't actually have to let them rot. Oh, okay, thank God. Uh, but you're you're probably not a true paleo fanatic if you don't do it that way. <laughs> but yeah, so steamed, you just steam these carrots until they're mushy, like a mushy pea, or like a like the the consistency you would want like a a sweet potato to be when you're mashing it. Yeah, you get these carrots all creamy, mushy, mashy. Mash them up and. It's paleo, so there's not too much stuff you can put on top. So you're just going to crumble some some walnuts right on top. (laughs) Put it (laughs) in the oven. As you always do with a casserole. You got your carroty, walnutty casserole. All right. (laughs) Now, which of these would you rather have? (laughs) Well, one of them sounds edible, and that's the mushy carrots. But then also, wait, how are they? They still got to be old. Well, it's kind of like the joke is in the name where it's like the way they used to make this was just by letting your carrots get old. Like one makes a banana bread when you have old bananas. All right. But now it's just like we don't actually let our carrots get old anymore because paleo's for, you know, hipsters, not for actual (laughs) cavemen these days. Well, sounds good. So, yeah, these these categories here are just they're they're they go from simple and plausible to just not and so the next category is just confusing your two options are bans people with pumpkin rats or healed tradition roll wow okay um so let's talk about that first option bans people yeah, with pumpkin rats it. yep hmm. <laughs> all right um this dish is uh it's kind of a game actually so oh no (laughs) yeah so if you're having bands people with pumpkin rats you normally do it at the very beginning of your thanksgiving meal uh everyone goes out into the backyard or uh into some outdoor area and everyone picks a pumpkin whoever prepares the bands people with pumpkin rats has to kind of prepare this the night before but everyone (laughs) grabs a pumpkin there's a selection of pumpkins for the whole family kind of ready Uh to go there uh then everyone opens their pumpkin you you know, cut open the top, and a few people are gonna have pumpkin rats. Uh, the person who prepared the pumpkins didn't put the pumpkin rats there, but it's just, just the nature of having multiple pumpkins. Yeah, in three out of every six pumpkins, or some might say one out of every two pumpkins. Yeah, nine out of every ten pumpkins prefers to not have rats in it, but these pumpkins are full of rats, and. Oh, no. You don't want your Thanksgiving dinner uh, kind of tainted by bad luck or by a curse or by one who attracts rats. So everyone who opened their pumpkin and found a rat inside is banned. You got to eat outside. Oh, no. That's awful. That Because that could lead to so much family drama. People would take that so personally. Like, and, you know, the person. Like, Debbie, I know you like, planted a rat in my yeah. pumpkin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds like a recipe for disaster, literally. Yeah, uh, but the the joy of bands people with pumpkin rats is the people who didn't have pumpkin rats bring their clean pumpkins inside, you scoop out the seeds, you put them in the oven while you're eating the dinner. So, you know, late night before everyone goes home, you have some roasted pumpkin seeds to chew on. Uh, you, you just get the smell of, you know, roasted pumpkin kind of throughout the house. And it's fun for kids, yeah. you know, getting to cut open a pumpkin and see the pumpkin rats. Yeah. So what does a pumpkin rat look like? Is it just a rat that lives in a pumpkin? 
Yeah, I mean, they're a little smaller than a normal rat, so they can fit inside a pumpkin. Right. And even though they're normally colored like rats, where they can be like gray or white, um, the their skin is or their their skin and fur are pretty uh, pretty stained orange by being inside a pumpkin. So it's basically like a little orange rat. Oh, I hate it. Um, yeah, it's really bad. But um, how? Man, that just that sounds really like bad all around. Cause like. It's it's hard for us, like, you know, young 20-somethings who are trying to, you know, we want to contribute to Thanksgiving, um, but usually, like, our parents have got it all under control. Like, the the older people in our family, they've been doing it for years. They've, they've got their system, and you always try to, like, get an elbow in there and try to figure out what you can bring and offer. And put this a, is Put a foot in what... there, try to trip up grandma, something like that, throw an elbow. <laughs> this is... <laughs> This is probably one of those things that, like, you know, for a lot of young people, it might be like, oh, I can do that. Like, I can go get eight pumpkins and just have them in the backyard and hope for the best. Um, but you you could end up ruining Thanksgiving. Like, what if you play the game and the only person who had rats in their pumpkin ended up being your grandma who made the whole dinner? Like, that's awful. You've you've destroyed everybody's night. Like, now nobody gets to enjoy her company and she has to eat outside. That's awful. I thought you were going to say just the opposite, where, like, what if, you know, there's 10 people at Thanksgiving dinner and, like, just you and, like, your <laughs> your younger sister... I'm thinking like the two of us having not your youngest sister, but you know, you and Julia, me and Chief yeah. being stuck as like the only ones to prepare the rest of Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> oh goodness. Like you and I Chief I'm, could probably I'm handy that. in a kitchen, but I don't know anything about cooking like sweet potato like cooking like my dad's like roasted sweet potatoes or like how to tell when a turkey's almost done. <laughs> I don't even necessarily trust my, like, ability to pull a turkey out of the oven without (laughs) dropping it on the floor. Right? How do people even do that? But are you allowed to, like, open a window and ask for help? Like, or are they out? Like, you you guys just cannot talk for the rest of the night. They are banned. Oh, my God. Like, are they, do they, I, do people often just, like, get in their cars and go home? Like, what's the point in hanging around? Well, some communities, it's, like, kind of a, a traditional thing in the whole town to do uh, ban people with pumpkin rats. Oh, wow. So, like, down at the local park or sometimes in, like, a churchyard, all of the ban oh. people will have their own kind of separate Thanksgiving. Okay. And I get, I bet that there's like, <laughs> there's probably that one guy who is like he he's there every year, and nobody really knows if he actually uh, if he actually gets rats every single year or if he just likes the camaraderie <laughs> and hates his yeah, family. Yeah, and it's like either way, it's bad. It's like either this guy like just likes to hang out with rat people and like doesn't have loved ones who want to spend time yeah. with him, or he's just like a rat magnet. <laughs> Sounds like Chief. <laughs> we are yeah, dragging her name through the mud. Her. <laughs> yeah, roasting her up like a, a good old Thanksgiving turkey. Um, all right. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. How about healed traditional roll? I have a feeling this might be a little a little less disturbing. Yeah. So healed traditional roll. Uh, the most traditional roll I can think of is <laughs> that sounds like I'm going to go into like is the husband no uh, 
I'm thinking like Pillsbury, like crescent roll kind of things. Um, mm, yeah. So sometimes, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Sometimes when <laughs> I try to like crack open the Pillsbury thing and like unroll the, the crescent rolls yeah. or like take out the biscuit dough or whatever, it comes out in like weird chunks and like doesn't break on the, the perforations yeah. they try to include for you. So healed traditional rolls is when you go to try to make your crescent rolls or whatever and you're like, no, mom, like, let me take care of one thing. Like, I got this. And then, like, you know, your grandma comes around and sees that, like, you know, she knows that you're trying to be independent here and trying your best. But she sees that, you know, if these go in the oven as is, you're going to get a bunch of little kind of corner flakes and then a bunch of, like, gargantuan rolls in the middle. (laughs) And it's just going to be bad. So grandma kind of, uh, without trying to make a big deal of it, she just starts talking to you and says, oh, honey, like, how's, how's college been? How, how have you been getting along with your friends? And as she's talking to you, she's moving the dough kind of around in the pan to just make the rolls uniform and make it so they're going to get out of this oven okay. She healed your traditional rolls. <laughs> that is the antithesis of banned people with pumpkin rats. <laughs> <laughs> it's um... like Old Testament versus New Testament. <laughs> This is this is beautiful. Um, I know which one I would pick, but I, I'll leave the decision to you. Well, I do too. Everyone, let's get into the yard and grab our pumpkins. <laughs> uh, man, I like it's so simple and so like it's it's of complete idea somehow like <laughs> it's doable it's one of those things that i hate that we could do i mean well i guess there's no such thing as pumpkin rat. you could put a sticker on a pumpkin or something though like you could simulate yeah. a pumpkin rat exactly yeah i think the oh, the terror man. of it for me is i just love games of chance so much oh, yeah that, that, that i is... would be all in on it <laughs> exactly that is true really bad uh okay sorry grandma i guess i guess i hope you don't get the pumpkin rats this year um all right well then we're gonna move on to the last pair of options which is just absolute madness so we're we're probably gonna have to maybe work together to navigate these here but they they were just they were too good too much and too good so bread muth (laughs) whalen fingers with Takit Marshmallow Icon. And Icon actually has an accent on the eye for some reason. I really don't know where that came from. Wow, I like it a lot. (laughs) Or Candied Buttoned Married Potato Collared Trudy Anst Walnut Salad Watt Watkins Trap. All right. How did these names get so long? All right. Bread muth whalen fingers with tacket marshmallow icon. That's marshmallow one. icon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's I hyphenated wanted, too. I want to tackle these one at a time. We should. Uh, even the parts of them. So yeah, marshmallow yeah. icon. That yeah. to me sounds like the name of like an inexplicably marshmallow flavored tequila. Okay. <laughs> okay. And Taquit right. is just the brand. So Taquit Marshmallow Icon <laughs> is like really good. a specific marshmallow liquor. Marshmallow Tequila sounds so bad. Is that Marshmallow said, tequila, tequila sounds like a band. It, it does. But it also sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, agreed. Taquit Marshmallow Icon. Okay, that's okay, what you put on top of away. 
Brad Muth Whalen fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the middle of that sounds like it's in the traditional Irish language or in Welsh rather than in English. Mm, it does. <laughs> and people in both of those places uh, like things that are called fingers, like a fish finger. Mm. And they like bread. So I'm thinking this is like, if you're going to put a marshmallow liqueur on it, I'm thinking it has to be like a a dessert. And I'm thinking of whatever the bread muth fingers are. It's kind of like a, a lady finger, like a little, mm. like a long little cake. Oh, which actually makes a lot of sense because if you make like tiramisu, you do soak lady fingers in, in liquor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bread muth ah. fingers with taquit marshmallow icon <laughs> is like... Uh, <laughs> Man, I, I hate that like this is all becoming sensible to me. Human brains right. are stupid. Uh, <laughs> this is like a an Irish version of a tiramisu. You take your, your bready finger things, you soak them in a marshmallow liqueur, um, and then the bread muth is... That's not me trying to talk about Christmas for bread. Bread muth is... We're going to say that's a a kind of bread with like cinnamon and uh raisins in it okay <laughs> so bread with uh-huh. Wa- Re- fingers it's like a kind of a, a long little spiced cinnamon raisin bread thing uh that you soak in marshmallow liqueur okay and this is like this is like a recipe that you got from like the taquit website because it's like yeah, it's like exactly. The recipe is for bread with whalen fingers, but this specific one is with taquit marshmallow icon. Like you've got. Yeah, if it's you like, go to the taquit, the- if you get a bottle of taquit marshmallow icon, it has a very the- big label sticker that just says like "Try this with," because like this is the only reason people even ever buy this. Yeah, I know that my grandmother still has her, like, she has, like, the label from a bottle of really old taquit marshmallow icon that she's, like, cut the label off that has her old recipe for uh, bread with whale and fingers. That's, uh... I was gonna ask if she has the old bottle and if, like, the the marshmallow worm is still in there. They don't sell it with the worm anymore, but... (laughs) I hate that pumpkin rats and marshmallow worms are now a thing in, in our world. Um, All right. Well, there's your dessert option. It sounds actually perfectly edible and enjoyable. It truly does, and I can't believe it. (laughs) Uh, The other option here is candied, buttered, married, potato, collared, trunkieth. Oh, I said buttered, but it's buttoned. (laughs) Trudiant's walnut salad. Watt Watkins trap. (laughs) So the very end of that. Uh, sounds English to me, where it's like, what Watkins trap? Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be in the recipe. Somebody just, like, transcribed what was happening in the room. Yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody's, like, yelling from the other room, and the person writing this down said, what Watkins trap? And, like, Watkins trap's kind of like, you old son of Your a bitch. Butler. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. What your Watkins trap? <laughs> Shut your Watkins trap. So we can ignore that part of it, and this is salad. Yes. so candied buttoned married potato so this to me is another kind of jokey recipe name where you know how and this is an english thing again but you know how in the uk instead of calling it a a baked potato they call it a jacket potato yes yeah well a buttoned married potato is like a jacket potato (laughs) but like even more like a a buttoned up jacket and it's married so it's like it's basically the tux of potatoes (laughs) 
That's really good. What does it mean? Um, like it's, for the potato. It's just a really over-the-top uh, jacket potato. So instead of just having like, you know, some sour cream and chives or something, this is like everything you could possibly think to put in there. Like you got All right. sour cream, cheese, chili, butter, uh, more things. You have bacon bits, uh, green onions, jalapenos. Uh, oh, God. Uh, even more stuff too, uh, just stuff that doesn't even really fit, like a uh, uh, chicken curry. Um, oh my god! Uh, smoked salmon, <laughs> coffee grounds. You almost, you almost drew me back with smoked salmon. Somehow, I was like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> grapes, whole grapes. Um, oh no. <laughs> All of the many things that you put inside a buttoned married potato. The, the buttons are the grapes. <laughs> buttoned married potato. And it's kind of a double entendre joke, too, that you normally, you only have a buttoned married potato if it's a jacket potato plus collared greens, thus the, the collared mm. truncient walnut. So okay. like buttons, collars, jackets, you know, you, you see the, the yeah. theme here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the collared truncient walnut. Um, that's when you kind of you chop walnuts, collard greens, and the the trudiance is uh, it's it's probably like a wine. I'm thinking it's like a a red wine. Okay. So like you chop them and like make like a a vinaigrette and like red wines in there. Okay, okay. That salad, that like chopped collard walnut wine vinaigrette salad stuff is also just put on top of this potato. Okay. So I, then, I, I'm. Hold on. We, there's still one word I've neglected to mention here. Okay. And that's candy. Oh, yes. Yep. Scary. Yep. So after you get everything that I mentioned onto this potato, and you're going to have to find a mighty large spud to fit uh, everything, <laughs> everything that's going into this button married, collared, jacketed potato. After you get everything on there, uh, you got to put some granulated sugar on top of there. You got to mm-hmm. put some heat on there and you get a nice a brulee, a, brulee a, it? a crunchy, oh sugary, candied topping. Yeah, it's it's a it's kind of the platonic ideal of foods where it hits all five major tastes. Uh-huh. Um unfortunately, it doesn't do so in any way that blends those flavors at all. It's just layering yeah. them all on top of each other right on here. Yeah. I was going to say like I feel like I would have been satisfied for the buttoned married potato to be like all of the stuff that is in the salad just in the potato, but you filled that potato first and then put the salad on top, which is okay. That's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I guess all that uh, stuff is in the, there. That's the beauty. You know, you, you're you right to note the word buttoned in there. So after you fill all this stuff in there, it's like obviously <laughs> going to be falling out. So you do have to completely cover it in foil, like on top as mm, well. Yeah. Just to keep everything in there. And you cook it really hot. So like that sugary layer just kind of encases the whole thing. So when you peel away the foil, you have what is essentially like a, a creme brulee top where it's just hard sugar. You got to kind of break it with a spoon. And then there's this <laughs> potato full of like absolutely everything. Okay. Yep. Again, I think I've come away knowing which one I would pick out of these two. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I will actually go with the normal one and just take the bread muth whalen fingers with taquit marshmallow yeah. icon. I can't believe that one turned out good. 
Um, let's 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 uh, run through your whole Thanksgiving meal that you've decided to put together here. Um, so just so yeah, I haven't been thinking of this in terms of crafting a meal. Come to think. Yeah, um, just in case your mom is listening, she'll know that this is what she has to look forward to when you take over. Um, so we're gonna be having some uh, classic Carter spinach, which is not spinach at all. Sounds better than it is. I believe it was cranberry salad sweet potatoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. New beans, <laughs> new beans, new beans with casserole macaroni, right. uh, old carrots, creamy mashed paleo casserole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess before it all gets started, we'll p- play a good round of bands people with pumpkin rats. And mm-hmm. then we will finish off the night with a lovely sweet dessert of breadmuth whalen fingers with the tikit marshmallow econ. Sounds yeah. like a night to remember. Yeah, I I would say so. I think uh, ending any night with a bit of tikit marshmallow econ, it's mm-hmm. it's sweet and it's pleasant, but it's got a little bit of a bite. It it, yeah. it leaves you with something something to remember for sure. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Taquit Marshmallow Econ. <laughs> I mean, Taquit, if you're listening, we'd take a sponsorship. Um, yeah, just remind me if in in our in our future lives you ever invite me to Thanksgiving at your house. <laughs> remind me of this. Just just send send me this episode with the with the um <laughs> with the invitation, just so I remember what I might be getting into and and can make my decision accordingly yeah you'll listen to the first half and you'll be like i don't know why you sent me this but uh, i wonder if that adele project ever went anywhere and then little (laughs) do you know you're about to eat you know you're about to play a game of pumpkin rats (laughs) oh man okay well uh, um to make all of those beautiful beautiful foods i used textgen rnn which is made by uh max wolf who is minimax ir on github and twitter and probably some other stuff. I'm sure you can find him other places as well. If you can run Python, you can run TextGen RNN. So there's there's many ways right. to run Python on your computer. And if you can use any of them, you can use TextGen RNN. Oh, and I should say, if you're interested in this stuff, the if you want to hear more about what the Adapt Center is doing or funding or creating, you can go to Adapt Center. Uh, that's C-E-N-T-R-E because we are in Ireland. Mm-hmm. IE, adaptcenter.ie has all kinds of cool uh, tech research news and all kinds of cool stuff that's coming from a lot of different people. The center's way, way bigger than just uh, the little bit of stuff I was talking about. Awesome. If you would like to get into contact with us about that um, Takeet sponsorship, if you're listening, Takeet, um, big, big marshmallow vodka or whatever it is, um, you can email us at robots at backcamp.org. You can find us on Twitter. We're at Robot Typewriter. And we're also on Facebook as Robots on Typewriters. And we live on a website called Backcamp. That's backcamp.org. And Backcamp is across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as at Backcamp site. And our theme song is Video Challenge by Anamanaguchi. And if you really, if you really want to shake things up and, and contribute to contribute to your family's Thanksgiving this year, why not start the night with a with a good game of of bands people with pumpkin rats? It'll be, I mean, it's yeah, I'm sure that you've never done anything like it before. That's gonna go over big with the whole family. You always want to start new traditions. The best traditions are ones that exclude parts of your family. Always. Exclude.